You're listening to TCRG to CEO Radio with your host, Courtney J. TCRG. Hello and welcome to episode number 32 of TCRG to CEO Radio with your host, me, Courtney J. TCRG. And just as a reminder, you can follow me over on Instagram for real-time updates at Courtney J underscore TCRG. And we would love to have you join our listeners-only Facebook group, which you can find in the show notes or at facebook.com slash groups slash TCRG to CEO. And today's episode was requested by someone on Instagram. I wish I could remember so I could give them credit. And I thought it was a fantastic idea. They asked for my full studio growth story so far, so I thought I would take you guys through years one through five as I'm just starting out my sixth year as a studio owner and kind of talk you through everything that has evolved. And it's crazy looking back as I was preparing to do this episode on just how much has changed. And when I was speaking to our last guest, Lauren, we also kind of touched on how much changes so quickly, especially in those early years. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. So just to give you some context or background information, I opened my school in 2014. That's also the same year that I took my TCRG exam and I did pass on my first try. So that was the only time I attempted the exam. And I started at two different locations, which throughout this show, I'm going to call location A and location B. Location A was a place close to where I was living at the time. It was an area that I grew up in and knew very well. And location B was a little bit more of a shot in the dark. I knew there was no existing school there, but I really wasn't sure how the market was going to respond to an Irish Dance Academy. And over this five-year journey, you're going to hear how I started with zero students, none whatsoever, and within the five years grew to 115 youth dancers and about 20 adults, and how we're going to evolve and change through all the different years. So let's jump back to 2014, which was the start of year one. And I knew I was going to be opening my school in summer 2014. So that spring, I started to look for spaces, built my website, started to advertise. And in the summer of 2014, I took my TCRG exam. Now, at least at that point in time, the wait for results was about three months. So I knew I wouldn't be receiving my results until about September. And I knew that I wanted to start building my business before I got my results. And it's a common misconception that you can't start teaching until you've received the news that you've passed. All it means is that your school isn't affiliated with anyone until you know that you have passed and therefore you can't enter any competitions. And for me, I knew I was starting with beginner dancers that wouldn't be ready to compete for, you know, at least six or nine months anyway. So I figured, why wait? Let's just open a summer class and see how it goes. So some of the things that I did to advertise that spring that are crazy looking back, I did a newspaper advertisement, which I definitely wouldn't advise doing at this point in time. And I also made lawn signs that went on busy roads. And even though It's not something I would do right now. It did actually get me students. Uh, One of them in particular, I remember them telling me how they had seen it near their library and they like called and registered that day and they're still here like to this day. So it was unexpectedly effective. 
and I started to secure some spaces for classes, and my summer intro section was going to be at location B, the one that I was really testing the market and hadn't, didn't come in with a great deal of knowledge about. So I organized it with a local dance studio there. A friend of a friend is the studio owner, and I was able to start my six-week intro class there. So the students signed up for one class a week for six weeks throughout the summer. And to be honest, I don't remember why Location A didn't have a summer program. It could have been because of space issues. I might not have been able to get a space, or maybe I offered it and there was insufficient enrollment. I wish I could remember, but I don't. So... Off we went, summer of 2014, I had taken my results, come back home, and jumped into my first time teaching for for myself instead of for another teacher. And the summer intro session went great. Um, I was profitable from day one, which was awesome, and luckily I've been able to keep that momentum going over over the years. And one of the biggest mistakes that I had seen different studio owners make over my time kind of observing and preparing for this was going into leased space too soon. So building out full studios when they didn't have any students yet or building out full studios when they really weren't even going to be using them full time. So I shopped around and I secured two local church halls, one in location A and one in location B, to start for the 2014-2015 dance year. And as you'll see as I talk about it a little bit more in depth, renting locations or halls or, you know, gymnasiums or whatever you can find. um, If you listen to the last episode with Lauren, she talks about using her local parks and rec buildings. And location A was a steal, $15 an hour. And location B was even better because it was $35 per day. So if I taught for three hours or four hours, the rate per hour just would continue to go down, which was something that was really, really great, especially as we grew. And I started with two days at each location. Now, when I received my results in September, I had beginner students that had registered already or continued on from that summer program. And again, it's crazy because I had paper registration forms that people were mailing me. And it's just amazing how much has changed in five years because that's not something I would ever, ever do now. Um, And to be honest, it's hard to believe that people even would just straight up register without even really knowing me back then either. So I feel like my customer base has changed quite a bit in the five years as well. And just as another background, I did a business plan, a very comprehensive business plan as part of my final year of university. So I went into studio ownership eyes wide open and with very clear plans in place. I had a very clear pricing structure. I had everything ready to go and kind of had projected for my best case, worst case and expected uh, outcomes. And it's something that I wish more studio owners would do just because I feel like a lot of people go into studio ownership going, yeah, I want to teach Irish dance. I love Irish dance. And then kind of become overwhelmed with just how much more there is to running a studio than the teaching part. In fact, as you grow, most of your daily activities become managing the studio and not as much on the teaching side. So, or you're balancing the two equally. So when I passed in September, I immediately received transfer students or requests for people to transfer. So 
that was something that wasn't in my initial plan. And I quickly grew to that two days in each location, even though I had plans to only teach one day a week in each location. And at this time, I was also working full-time as a nanny. I was working 40 to 45 hours a week with a family and then would go teach at night. And this was something that I was able to do early on just because I didn't have a tremendous amount of students, um, especially early in that fall. And I had made the decision not to pay myself out of the business just yet. I reinvested all the money or saved up all the money that the business was making in the business accounts and was able to live off of my full-time job. As far as operations in those early days, as I mentioned, I had paper registration forms that I was collecting and saving in a manila folder. As record keeping, I had my pricing structure set and is pretty much true to this day, but the way that it was uh, carried out is slightly different. I had people pay by check in two installments and was manually recording the payments and collections and outstanding amounts in a Word document, which again is crazy to me looking back because it's just changed so much since then. And in that first year, we worked through the learning curve of doing our first St. Patrick's Day season with a small pool of dancers, putting on our first dinner dance, which was our recital at that point in time. And something I definitely didn't think I'd be doing in my first year, preparing for my first nationals as a teacher. So just a little fun fact, I ended up doing my first nationals as a teacher before my first Oroctas as a teacher, just the way that transfer students' bands worked out. And I went back to find the number of students I ended year one with and looking to prepare for this podcast. And I can also tell you that I was keeping attendance manually in an Excel spreadsheet, which to be honest, you could do right now too, but it would be a lot more maintenance than the way I do it now, which I'll get to a little bit later. And so I can tell you that I ended my first year with 26 students, which was uh, which was good. I was happy with that in my first year. So going into year two, I got a little bit more savvy with technology and moved to Google Forms to collect registration, which I think is a great happy medium for people that aren't sure they want to invest in studio management software, but also want to stop doing things manually. And if you're not familiar with Google Forms, it's part of G Suite, which is free, and you're able to create forms electronically uh, that you can share with links, you can embed them, you can email them, whatever you want to do with them. They're very versatile and it will automatically generate a spreadsheet for you with the fields that you've put in and the data that your customers or whoever you're sending it to has provided. So that was something that saved me a lot of time as I was starting to get a little bit heavier into the admin side because obviously every student that you gain is a few more hours of admin time and any way you can save some time is great as you grow. I was still at the same rented spaces but my days of week teaching increased. I was teaching five days a week now, two in location A which is the one closer to where I was living at the time and three days a week in location B which had been my long shot location but was already showing a lot of signs of success. My beginner attraction was really taking off, which was ages four and up at that time. I was taking students four years old at their youngest. And to this day, my year two beginners are among my most loyal and best customers. They're just people that truly align with my vision and they're 
very compliant, understanding, generous people. And I am so glad that whatever advertising I had done in year two attracted those customers. And I've talked to them, uh, you know, along the way about how I wish that I would have another crop of parents that are as awesome as they are. And they kind of had said that now it's a lot easier to find me. Whereas when they were first looking at classes, they sort of had to seek me out. So you'll find that when you're advertising, the easier you make it for people to find you, sometimes your leads aren't super qualified, meaning maybe they're not the best fit. Whereas when people have to do a little bit more searching and digging to find you, they've sort of vetted themselves and kind of qualified themselves as decent leads, which I definitely find to be true looking back. And year two marked our very first Aractas as a school. I sent six dancers Some were transfers and some were students that had quickly risen through the ranks uh, with me from that first summer session. And it was a a fantastic experience. I believe we had a 100% recall that year um, and had a traditional set winner and all of the transfers were very happy with how their results had gone. So that was nice to have for that first experience. I started expanding the class offerings to include a performance or fesh prep type class and our summer camp programs continued to grow and just expand. And one of the best things that I did in year two was offering a class fesh for all of those beginners that came during that second year to experience what a fesh might be like. And I had one of my friends come in and judge. We had live music. We rented a hall and ran it as close to a real fesh as we possibly could. And it's something that I want to make sure that I do again in the future because all of those kids that participated still really enjoy competing. And it's something that's been harder to instill or get kids interested in as the beginner group has grown and changed a little bit. So if you haven't done something like that already, I'd highly recommend at least giving it a try. It was a great experience for all of them. And then our annual dinner dance, which serves as our recital, we sold out our venue that second year. So it was all starting to snowball and I was starting to grow a lot faster than even my best case scenario had predicted which is a great problem to have. It's just you kind of have less time to go through those growing pains and figure it out. So towards the end of year two, I was looking ahead towards year three and realized that I could not get enough hours at the church halls that we were renting anymore. Location A was still fine. I was able to get space there. They kind of had blocked out two days a week for us, whereas location B's church hall I was really looking to add a fourth day, but we just couldn't do it. The The church would have loved to have given us that, but they had other activities and groups trying to use their hall as well. So year three, I made the jump to obtaining a lease space for location B, which was the larger in student population of the two locations. And location A operated out of the church hall, but cut down to once a week with more hours. And this was something that was a very scary step because I didn't anticipate leasing a space until maybe year five. So I was much earlier than I expected to be. And of course, there's a lot of extra cost that comes with leasing a space because not only does your rent go up, but it also has build-out costs associated with. 
all of it. And I, at the church halls, was dealing very little with the facility managers. They were both nice enough to give me a key to both spaces. And I didn't interact with either of them very much. Uh, They were very, very uh, accommodating and kind of let us do our own thing. Whereas when you take on a landlord, obviously the landlord wants to protect their space. And sometimes it works out great. And I was very lucky to have awesome landlords. But at the same time, there were some challenges there. And I also faced a lot of bureaucracy with the town in Location B. For whatever reason, it was very, very difficult for them to allow us to move into this commercial space. And I was able to get through all of it, but it was definitely something that I hadn't anticipated needing to, I guess, factor into my plans. I like to plan ahead for all the things I'm going to need to worry about, and that one wasn't one of them. So just something else to keep in mind if you are looking for space to go ahead and talk to your town planning and zoning commission too, just to make sure you don't have any issues there. So the families were very excited. I actually announced that we were going to be moving at our first class fest just so everyone was together and was able to hear the news in person. And we were getting our space all nice and set up. Things had really taken off. Uh, I was still using Google Forms to collect information from new students. Class was running five days a week. And another thing that was an addition in year three was one of my competitive adult dancers was looking to start a pre-beginner class for ages three to five because we were finding that the four-year-olds were a little young to keep pace in the beginner class, but I was terrified of teaching kids that young. So her being a kindergarten teacher, that age group was right up her alley and she was more than willing to try and do that. And she's someone that would be working through the grade exams and potentially looking at being a TCRG in the future. So it was a great win-win for both of us. She would get the experience and I could try a new class offering. And it was awesome. Many of those students are still with us today. And as the beginner and pre-beginner contingent really started to grow massively, about mid-year, December, January, I started looking for support staff to help with admin and just kind of managing the front of house because I was finding that I, as one person, was not able to always help new students kind of find their feet in person. I could email with people all day long, but when I was teaching in the studio, I couldn't wear those two hats at once. So I ended up finding this amazing woman who did wonders for our customer service and She kind of grew into her role very quickly, and because she was so good at what she was doing, I was able to delegate a lot of different tasks to her. And with all of these factors going into play, by the end of year three, we were already outgrowing the leased space, which is still probably the craziest, craziest part of all of this. And just to give you an update on student numbers, by the end of year two, I believe I had 39 students. Whereas at the end of year three, I had 68 students. And another thing to keep in mind is that student total doesn't tell the whole picture because I could have 100 students taking class one day a week, or I could have 50 students taking class three days a week you don't always see the whole picture. So among those 68 students, many of them were taking class two or three times a week. And that difference can change a lot within your business or just how it runs. So it was time to start looking for space again. 
And I went looking and I happened to get a flyer on my front door of the lease space with something in our same complex and it was for sale. And when I first got the flyer, I thought, oh, this would be nice in, you know, like five years. And then I kind of forgot about it. Then over the summer when I was really starting to feel like crunch time needed to find new space, for some reason that flyer came to mind. And I talked to my mom about it and she said, why don't you just go see it? Like there's no harm in going to see it. So I went to go see it and fell in love with it. I could picture us using that space perfectly. It had two different spaces that could be used for studio rooms. One of them was way bigger than what we had and could accommodate more students in a class, which was a great perk. And it was in the same complex that our lease space was in, which was great for families and convenience, meaning they wouldn't have to, you know, factor in commute time to a completely different place. It was just down the parking lot. And the only downside was that this place was for sale, meaning I would become the landlord of the space and deal with all of the things that owning a commercial space entails. And this was something that was a challenge because I didn't know anyone else within my circle of family and friends that had purchased a commercial space before. And it was something that I really would have loved to run by someone on whether or not they thought it would be a good investment or if I was going to be foolish and might as well just chalk up uh, paying more in rent to not have the liability of owning a space. And ultimately, I decided to bite the bullet and go for it. And this is where reinvesting in the business allowed me to do this because During years one and two, I hadn't paid myself. I just kept accumulating assets, reinvesting the profit into the business. And by the time I hit year three, I was able to pay myself, you know, just a little bit. I mean, I paid myself what I needed uh, and not much more just so that I could keep that money in the business. And something else to keep in mind if you're listening to this is that I am the only uh, owner or, you know, I'm a sole proprietor. In years one through three, I was a sole proprietor. Now I'm the single member of my single member LLC. So by reinvesting the money and accumulating the assets, that's what allowed me to be able to make the purchase of the building. And we will see how I feel about this decision in five or 10 years. In the moment, it's something that I I'm very happy that I've done. Uh, It's been a great move for us. We have four times the space as we had previously, but for only about 500 more a month. Having two rooms has allowed for more classes, more options for families to choose from, and therefore more students. And it also helped me give more teaching hours and opportunities to that adult dancer I mentioned in year three. I think the most significant thing, though, that happened in year four was that I really focused on making sure that my systems within the business were not only there, like not only existent, but really airtight. And it's something that you definitely have to look at, especially as you start adding more staff, because it's very easy as you add staff for the wheels to start falling off and everyone's starting to do their own thing and things becoming inconsistent between how one person does something and how the other person does something. So... It was something I focused on as I added staff and even before I added staff to make sure that 
everything was operating as if I was the person doing it, but I didn't have to do all the work, if that makes sense. So my receptionist or office manager, support staff, whoever you'd like to call her, she was able to take on more jobs, which gave me more time to grow the business, which transitioned to more students and all the things that we want and hope for as studio owners. So by the time year four rolled around, we transitioned for the first time to a mainstream auditorium style recital because we could just no longer fit in a dinner dance style venue. Um, One thing that we find is that a lot of first year dancers bring quite a large entourage to our recital, which is fantastic. Um, And as more beginner dancers were coming in, that also meant that we had more entourages to kind of cater for. So going to the auditorium style recital was something that made me personally very nervous just because the dinner dance was very casual and relaxed and we never really had a problem with getting kids to go out and perform. I think because it was just a very low-key environment. Um, It was more like a Kaylee style thing than, you know, a big formal recital. And I'm very happy to report that the transition went very smoothly and we still kept up our track record of having all of our students go out and perform, which is something that was very important to me in just ensuring that they had a great experience to end their dance year. So year five, uh, at this point, we're running like a well-oiled machine. And I think we ended year four with just under 100 dancers. So, and it was a big goal of mine to reach over that 100 mark because it's a milestone. And even though student number doesn't tell the whole story and it's definitely not everything, it was a big goal of mine just to just to have for me. And something I should have touched on or included when I was talking about year four was that during year four, I transitioned over to a studio management system. And if you're not familiar, it's a software program that allows you to collect online registration, manage every aspect of your studio, essentially, and all of your customers through whatever platform you're using. And there's many, many examples out there. Jackrabbit, DanceBiz, Dance Studio Pro, MindBody. Uh, there's tons. And there's a software out there for everyone. And it really depends on how you structure your classes and your business to see which one is going to be the best fit for you. And of course, change is not only hard for the studio owner or the business owner, it's also has a knock-on effect because you're trying to transition all your customers over to something else. So during year four or the summer going into year four, we transitioned to a studio management software. And although there were a couple little kinks at the beginning, it was something that was very easy in the end for all of our families to get used to. And now I can't imagine doing things any other way. So By year five, it was very, very easy for families to register or get information. And that was a task that the office manager fully took over. She did all of the online registration and support for families with that, which is something that was a huge time suck for me as a studio owner at the beginning of someone's dance journey. And with that, you're bound to find customers that aren't a great fit. And that was something that was a big learning lesson in year five. Because when you attract people in large volumes, maybe 10% aren't a big fit or aren't a good fit. 
So when you're attracting 10 people at the beginning, one person doesn't seem so bad. But when you're suddenly attracting 50 people, that 10% is five people and it starts to compound and just become a little bit more apparent. And what I learned is that you just need to let them go and run with the people that love and support you. And even though it was a tough personal year for me last year in year five, it was something that I was able to get through thanks to my amazing team. So we have our office manager at this point who was taking on lots and lots of different jobs and is just an all-around all-star. Uh, you could put her in pretty much any situation and she just thrives. And I had my adult competitive dancer who initially started the pre-beginner program taking on about five classes a week for the uh, very first year young students. So that was something that just allowed me a little bit more time and energy to devote into our up and coming and competitive students. And sometimes all you need is just that mental clarity. And I also learned in year five that it's okay to go ahead and take vacation sometimes. And it's something that now I've like factored into my year so that I know at certain points in the year that come after stressful times that I'll be able to have some time off to recharge. And it's something that I wish I had done sooner. In year five, I also added another TCRG. Um, You'll hear him on the podcast later this season, but it was something that allowed the, it was something I wanted, but wasn't sure I was actually going to be able to have. So It's been wonderful having someone else to bounce ideas around with um, because even though I had someone teaching some of the younger level classes, it's somehow different having a TCRG in the mix because this person has gone through just as much training and work and blood, sweat, and tears to get that qualification as I have. And it just brings in a different level of support for the students and by having the competitive students supported by two people or sometimes just by him in my absence uh, has been great all around for them, for me, for everyone involved. And it also gave me space or permission to take some personal time when I need it because I felt like the burden of such a large competitive program wasn't any longer on just my shoulders. It was kind of spread between the two of us. And as he grows into his role, I expect that things will just continue to get a little bit, not easier for me, but a little bit more relaxed. Uh, And personality-wise, we balance each other out pretty well. Uh, He's a little bit more fun and easygoing than I am. I'm a little bit more, uh, not tense, but anxious and uh, a planner. So we'll see what challenges arise with that too. And that'll be something that I can keep everyone updated on. But as we go into year six, the the staff landscape continues to change because my office manager is in Georgia now. She moved to Georgia to start a business of her own, which is something that she dreamed of doing and actually is the reason that I hired her in the first place. My adult dancer is expecting her first baby in a few weeks So she's taking the year off to start her family, which means we have a new office manager and she's someone who's a former Irish dancer herself, which is nice. We have passed on the torch to another 
uh, competitive adult dancer within our school, and she has been awesome so far in meeting her first classes. We have our TC. We have a, you know, I guess I should have realized that we have two adult dancers that take on beginner classes, um, which is nice. It allows them to pursue teaching in the hope of becoming a TCRG in the future. And it gives me the chance to mentor and develop other teachers, which is something I really enjoy doing. Um, And this staff change could have been super stressful for me. It could have felt like all of the time and effort I had put into different people were going to waste, but it's been the exact opposite. It has been something that has proven to me that when you have systems and processes in place, that change, while it'll never be easy, can be made fairly simple. Because luckily my office manager who was leaving was able to do a lot of the training of our new office manager. But that's because I provided the resource and documentation for her to do that. And when you have kind of a systems Bible to go back to, if my new office manager isn't sure how to do something, she can quickly look it up in the information that we share back and forth. And even training new teachers has been made fairly easy because I have the documentation for each class ready to go that they're able to refer back to at any point in time. But then they also have the practical experience of shadowing me teaching that class. So that way they see the documentation, but also the practical implementation of that document. So if you are looking to expand your team, definitely do the front work of putting documentation together because it'll save you a lot of time in the long run when it comes to team management. And it's been something that can can be time consuming and challenging, but it's really not as bad as I thought it might be. And to be honest, when I started in year one, I thought it was going to be me forever. Uh, which is probably a little bit of a naive uh, viewpoint, but that's what, here we are. So I guess it just goes to show that you can never fully predict what is going to happen, even when you have the best laid plans, which I truly believe that I did. So to summarize kind of my five-year journey so far, it has definitely panned out differently than I anticipated it, but honestly, for the better. And having other people to share my business with has been a lot more rewarding than I thought it would be. I'm not someone who's naturally outgoing or um, even, I'm just not a, a super people person. But having people around me and putting as much effort into the thing that I created as I am is a really nice feeling and it's kind of brought me closer to those people in my life. So it's been a great unintended consequence of building this thing. So if you have any questions about anything I mentioned in this or if something wasn't super clear, remember that you can jump into the listeners only Facebook group and there will be a discussion post for this uh, episode and you can leave any questions or comments or anything like that in there and I am in the group so I'll make sure that I jump on and answer that and until next time this has been TCRG to CEO radio I hope you guys have an awesome week continue to thrive and we'll see you next time Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on 
TCRG to CEO Radio.